Hello, and welcome to Infinite Cast, a podcast recording for the first time ever remotely, not in person. Wow. Wow. The, the wonders of never cease. Technology. Yeah. <laughs> the things we do to bring this stupid thing to you, to you guys. <laughs> uh, but it's been, what, two weeks? Have we been two weeks off? We cannot slow down here in the, in the end stages. I think... Yeah, I guess it. Well, I think we just missed a week. I think if we if we're doing this today, then this counts, right? Or I don't. I I actually have no idea. I've lost track of time. Um, can you actually turn down just a hair on your recorder? Yeah, let me see how to do that. I'm not familiar with this um guy. It's got a little knobbly on it, and you uh, turn it counterclockwise. Well, I see yeah. monitor of the gain. Yeah. All right, I've turned it down more. Perfect. Excellent. Great. We're, we're, we're producing on the fly here, folks. Um, <laughs> last night was, our, they don't care. They don't care. They're, they're here for the book. Uh, like everything else is ancillary. Hey, at least I, I've now, I think we, a few months back, you made, I, I tried to cancel you for saying that women don't care about podcast audio quality. Oh, and yeah? I actually think I need to walk back the soft cancellation because I've encountered now two more women created and run podcasts that have real advertising, really professional shit. And they're just talking into their, uh, their computer mics. And I'm, I, I think I might need to start some kind of advocacy group because I'm, I'm, I'm mean, over it, it. It is quite rich of me to say that because a Chapo so embarrassingly at this point in our production, occasionally something will just fuck up and like we, just, we just don't have it, or somebody's like well, way over modulated. That's just someone's trying to like you know vape and like eat a sandwich while also podcasting. Well, to their credit, the boys very rarely eat on mic. Yeah. Uh, but vaping, yes, yes. Um, but look, I we're remote now. I can't be everywhere at once, and nobody knows how to do a damn thing with a microphone other than me on the show. So it's a miraculous that it sounds as good as it is. But still, if I was in the room, pristine audio quality every single time. Concerned citizens for the creation of medium audio quality podcasts. That's the thing is that you don't need perfect, perfect sound forever. No. You need adequate sound for podcasting. Just, it's just never been easier. You know, there's to me, no excuses. Play it's like kind a of champion. Like, it's kind of like my uh, theory of wine quality, What's which that? is that every wine that costs under $20 tastes the same level of, of quality. Mm -hmm. And every wine that costs above twenty dollars has the same, the same level of quality. I think that like sounds there's, right. There's like that 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 little nudge of mediocrity, that level of of mediocrity, and if you get past that, you're basically golden. Yeah, I think I I'm sure actual wine people would would get upset by that, but I think that's but, that's sound to me. But those are nerds. If you're talking about the variations, you're basically like somebody who says, "Oh, you can only listen to digital music in FLAC format." If you're telling me that, oh no, this sixty dollar wine is so this X Y Z better than this twenty five dollar uh, bottle of wine, yeah, they're the same. Yeah, they both get me drunk. <laughs> they both taste and they like pair, sour grape. They pair well with a rich pasta dish. Mm, rich mm, pasta. Yeah. Um, I have not really eaten since the green room salami last night and a sous vide egg bite this morning. So uh, sounds like someone needs to go to Del Taco. Ooh, not a bad idea. All right. Should we <laughs> read some Infinite Jest? Yes, let's do it. We're back in... It's going to be a, pe a bit of a grab bag today. Short sections, but we're back in uh, Hal and Mario's room. Okay, great. Same time. All right. 
<clears throat> now you're not on your side anymore, Hal. I can see. When you're on your back, you don't have a shadow. Silence from Hal. Hey, Hal. Yes, Mario. I'm sorry if you're sad, Hal. You seem sad. I smoke high-resin Bob Hope in secret by myself down in the pump room off the secondary maintenance tunnel. I use Visine and mint toothpaste and shower with Irish Spring to hide it from almost everyone. Only Pemulus knows the true extent. Silence for Mario. I just decided uh, smoking that Bob Hope uh, sounds like a Viagra Boys lyric. Gone off, gone off that Bob Hope, yeah. Uh, I'm not the one CT and the moms want gone. I'm not the one they suspect. Pemulus publicly dosed his opponent at Port Washington. It was impossible to miss. The kid was a devout Mormon. The dose was impossible to miss. Sales of Visine bottles of pre-adolescent urine during quarterly tests have been noted, it turns out, and classed as a Pemulus production. Selling Visine bottles? I'd be immune to expulsion anyway, obviously, as the mom's relative, but I'm suspected of nothing other than ill-considered moral paralysis out there on I-Day. My urine and Axe Handle's urine are just to establish a context of objectivity for Pemulus's urine. It's Pemulus they want. <laughs> I'm almost positive they're going to give Pemulus the shoe by the end of the term. I don't know whether Pemulus knows this or not. Hey, Hal? Normally, they're after steroids, endocrine synthetics, mild drins when they test. The Onanta guy gave indications this one will be a full-spectrum scan. Gas chromatography followed by electron <laughs> bombardment with spectrometer readings on the resultant mass fragments. The real McCoy. <laughs> the kind the show uses. Hey, Hal? Mike stands there and says, what if hypothetically somebody was downwind from substances and got exposed and so on? Claimed vague memories of a poppy seed bagel. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Pemulus's normal Rococo type of lie. This one had a kind Rococo? of. Rococo? Yes. This one had a kind of weary earnestness. The guy in the blazer said he'd go ahead and give us 30 days before a full spectrum scan. Mike had pointed out that there was an enormous lady from Moment due to arrive and snuffle around, making it a really unfortunate time for any outside chance inadvertent scandals for anybody. It was like the guy needed hardly any prodding to give us time to clean out the system. Onanta doesn't want to catch anybody, really. Good clean fun and so on and so forth. Uh, silence for Mario. The ingenious layer to the lie was that the guy thought the 30 days grace was for Pemulus, that it was what Pemulus needed. Pemulus could pass a urine test hanging upside down in a high wind. Guy watching or not. He has a whole unpleasant catheterization technique you don't want to hear about. He's checked <laughs> it. And tenuates are apparently the indie type car of Drins, he said. His own urine can be all innocent and pale with two days warning as long as he stays off the bob. Silence for Mario. Boo-boo, the 30 days was actually for me. And Mike let me stand there with my unit out and not say anything while he sold the urologist land and magazine subscriptions and Ginsu knives. He did it for me, and I'm not even the one they want. You can tell me whatever you said. What I do in secret, boo, Mike says no more than 30 days to get it all out for sure. Cranberry juice, Cali tea, vinegar and water, plus or minus a couple of days. The Bob Hope, I smoke and hide, boo. It's fat soluble. It stays in there, in the body's fat. It's fat soluble. <laughs> uh, have you ever had a, uh, a, drug, a drug test scare? Not that I've known about. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I had to get drug tested for like, for some job that I had or something, which is fucking hilarious because everything I've ever done in my life is 
go like edit videos in some closet somewhere. Like that's not something that you need should you need, need to be drug test about. Yeah. But I but of course it was like, oh no, I smoked weed on Friday and now it's Monday and I have to like get a drug <laughs> test. Oh, and like God. reading up all these research things of being like, yeah, if you drink a gallon of vinegar, you can get it out or you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I assume that I, all of that stuff is complete nonsense. And I also I, assume that most drug tests do not actually look for weed. Yeah, I mean, I I think they do. I think some it depends on the ones. I think some of them do. I bet there's more things you can do to confuse a test result rather than <laughs> say it's like clean. You can probably I don't know if anyone has any knowledge. Let me know. Um, I've never taken we, a drug test to my knowledge. <laughs> you, nice. Unless they're being done secretly. Yeah, well, you know, I, I peed in a cup <laughs> for That's for true. reasons. I don't know if they they check anything, <laughs> ju- you know, just to see. Um, uh, where was I? Ooh, uh, Mrs. Clark told Bridget that the human brain is high in fat. Bridget said, "Mario, if I get caught, if I come up dirty urined in front of Onanta, what could CT do? It's not just that I lose my even year in eighteens. He'd have to give me the shoe if he'd brought Onanta into it." And what about himself's memory? I'm directly related to himself, not to mention Orin. And meanwhile, here's this moment lady lumbering around looking for family linen. Trolch says all she wants to do is soften Orin's profile. The hideous thing is how brightly it'd come out if I flunk a urine. ETA will be publicly hurt, hence himself's memory, hence himself. Silence for Mario. And it'd kill the moms, Mario. It'd be a, ter- a terrible kertwang on the moms. Not so much the hope, <laughs> the secrecy of it, that I hid it from her, that she'll feel I had to hide it from her. Hey, Hal. Something terrible will happen if she finds out I hid it from her. 30 days is one calendar month of Cali tea and juice, you're saying? Of tea and vinegar and total abstinence, of no substances whatsoever of abrupt and total withdrawal while I try to justify my seat at the Whataburger and maybe get offered up to Wayne at the fundraiser. And then your birthday in two weeks. Justify my seed. Justify my seed. Hey, Hal. Jesus. And then the SATs in December. I'll have to finish prepping for the boards and then take the boards while still in abrupt withdrawal. You'll get a perfect score. Everybody's betting you get a perfect score. I've heard them. Marvelous. That's just exactly what I need to hear. Hey, Hal. And of course, you're hurt, boo, that I've tried to hide all of this from you. I'm 0% hurt, Hal. And of course, you're wondering why I didn't just tell you when, of course, you knew anyway, knew something. The times hanging upside down in the weight room with a forehead Lyle didn't even want to get near. <laughs> you, <laughs> you sitting there letting me say I was just really, really tired and nightmare ridden. I feel like you always tell me the truth. You tell me when it's right to. Marvelous. I feel like you're the only one who knows when it's right to tell. I can't know for you, so why should I be hurt? Be a fucking human being for once, boo. I room with you and I hid it from you and let you worry and be hurt that I was trying to hide it. I wasn't hurt. I don't want you to be sad. You can get hurt and mad at people, boo. Newsflash at almost fucking 19, kid. It's called being a person. You can get mad at somebody and it doesn't mean they'll go away. You don't have to put on a mom's act of total trust and forgiveness. One liar is enough. Ooh, it's kind of mean. Yeah. You're scared your pee might still flunk after one calendar month? Jesus, it's like talking to a big poster of some smiley face guy. Are you in there? Hey, smiley face guy. Yeah. 
and you can't use a Visine bottle of pee because the man will be right there looking at your penis and Trevor and Pemulus's penises. <laughs> Silence from Hal. The sun's thinking about coming up in the window. You can see it. It's been like 40 hours without Bob Hope and already I'm bats inside and I can't sleep without more of the horror show dreams. I feel like I'm stuck halfway down a chimney. You beat Ortho and your toothache's gone. Pemulus and Axe Handle say a month will be tit. Pemulus's only concern is this DMZ he's got for the Whataburger de- detectable. Oh, sorry. Is, is this DMZ he got for the Whataburger detectable? He goes to the library and pours. He's fully alert and functional, which takes us to EndNote 321. Uh, oh, God. Of extremely long EndNote. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I was hoping to fucking get somewhere today. Jesus Christ. No. How oh, many God. pages is it? <laughs> oh, it's multiple and it's tiny. Oh, oh no. God. Okay. Um, who Also, who was talking? I guess this is, okay, Pemulus. This is a Pemulus and Hal thing. Uh, QV, for a confirming example, 1930 hours, Thursday, 12th November, year of the dependent adult undergarment, room 204, subdorm B. No, look, it's still rise over run. The derivatives, the slope of the tangent at some point along the function. It doesn't matter what point until they give you the point on the test. Will this even be on the boards? Do they go past trig? This is fucking trig. They'll give you word problems that may involve changing quantities, something accelerating, a voltage, inflation of own in currency over U.S. currency. Differentiation will save you half the time. All those triangles inside triangles to figure change with trig. Trig's a unit bender on rate changes. Derivatives are just trig with some imagination. <laughs> just I know, we're mad. It somewhere in this book, it's just about uh, three pages about trigonometry. It's an end note about math. I'm going to kill myself. All right. Uh, <laughs> just give up. Yeah, let's stop. Honestly, away. let's stop here. I'm done. Um, uh, you imagine the points moving inexorably toward each other until, for all practical purposes, they're the same point. The slope of a defined line becomes the slope of a tangent to one point. One point that's in fact actually two points. You use your goddamn imagination ink plus a couple prescribed limits, which they won't fuck with you on limits on the general test. Trust me. This is a big pink titty compared to an eschaton calculation. <laughs> you move the two points you're doing rise over run on infinitesimally closer together. You end up with a plug-in formula. Can I tell you about my dream and now and then we'll use the momentum from that to plow through this? <laughs> Just write this on your wrist or something. Function x, exponent n, the derivative is going to be nx plus x uh, to the power of n minus 1 for any kind of first order rate of increase thing they're going to ask you. This assumes a definable limit, of course, which no way they're going to fuck with you on limits on the fucking boards. It was a DMZ dream. Do you see how you're going to apply this to a rate of increase type little story they'll pose? It involved your experimental soldier, the massive dose. You remember this uh, when they were originally introducing the concept of DMZ? There was like a um, a CIA like experiment of a guy taking it who like went nuts. I think he started singing Vague, Ethel Merman. Vaguely, this is something that we would have read uh, in like over a fall year of twenty twenty, right? Yeah, this yeah, this is anyway. That's just to refresh your memory. <laughs> uh, um, let me just close this door here. It was the Leavenworth convict, the one you said had left the planet, the one belting out Ethel Merman. It was horrific, Mikey. In the dream, I was the soldier. 
So now you're going to assume a real you-know-what experience will be similar to the experience of a nightmare? Aha, why nightmare? Why do you assume it was a nightmare? Did I use the word nightmare? Use the word horrific. I assumed it, I assume it wasn't a romp through the heather. <laughs> In the dream, the horror was that I wasn't really singing There's No Business Like Show Business. I was really <laughs> screaming for help. I was screaming like, help, I'm screaming for help, and everybody's acting as if I'm singing Ethel Merman covers. It's me, it's me screaming for help. Uh, is this not the first scene of the book? All right. Uh, at least there's something now. happening here. A Rusk level dream, Inc. A standard nobody understands me dream. The DMZ and merminization were incidental. There was a quality of loneliness to it, though. Unlike anything, to be screaming that I'm screaming for help instead of singing a show tune and to have the wardens and doctors gathered around snapping their fingers and tapping their feet. Have I mentioned DMZ doesn't show up on a GC slash MS? Struck tracked this down off an obscure digestive floor of footnote. It's the Fitviavi mold base. If this stuff shows up at all, it shows as a slight case of imbalanced yeast. <laughs> I thought only girls got yeast. Ink, don't be so fucking naive. Data number two is struck is halfway toward nailing down that this stuff's original intent was to induce what they quote uh, called quote transcendent transcendent experience in get this chronic alcoholics in the like 1960s at Verdun per, uh, Protestant Hospital in Montreal. Uh, you know what what is also about this? Yes. Uh, Truanon's recent Synanon series that goes deep into like the use of psychedelics to treat uh, alcoholic uh, alcoholics I, by like the CIA in the 50s. I wonder 60s. how much David Foster Wallace was like aware of this or researched it at all. I'm. I bet he uh, was more than converse, conversational in MK Ultra and the likes. Yeah, yeah. Um, how come everywhere I turn this fall, now somebody's suddenly mentioning Quebec in all kinds of radically different contexts? <laughs> Warren's calling with some protractive obsession, uh, protracted obsession about anti-Onan Quebecers. Uh, Tavis up and announces Quebec are the lambs in this year's fundraiser. Your mom's from Quebec. <laughs> And then this term of all terms, I take Potrincourt's insurgency class, which is basically a Quebecathon. Oh, I definitely, I'd suspect some kind of conspiracy or trap. It's obvious everything's pointing toward getting you in a cell, belting out Mermanalia. Ink, I think your hinges are starting to squeak. I think this is what plateau hopping up to the top does to somebody. I think a meaningful, transcendent, DMZ-type, non-uremic fallout interlude before Tucson is just what the carpenter ordered for the old hinges. Keep you from going back to just smoking that Bob Hope day in, day out when the test's <laughs> up. She'll kill your lungs. She'll make you fat, soft, moist, and pale, Ink. Seen it happen. You need something more than a 30-day clean-out. The Tuseke could be just the reconfiguration you need to start branching out. Leave the Bob Hope alone. Find something you can take to college or the show and not get paralyzed. Shit'll paralyze you over time, Ink Blob. Saw it happen time and time, time and over back in the neighborhood. Once promising stand-up guys spending their lives in front of the TP, eating nutter butters and whacking off into an old sock. The shit fairy moves with moves in with luggage for an extended stay, Ink. Plus, indecisive. You haven't seen indecisive till you've seen a guy with little fat titties slumped in a chair in his tenth year of nonstop Bob Hope. It's not pretty. Thanks to my friend, it's not pretty at all. A transcendent experience <laughs> with me and the axe handle could be just what the hinges are squeaking for. Be around some other just people for a change. what the hinges are squeaking for. 
Be around oh, some man. other people for a change. Don't make me sit there with just axe handle babbling about Yale. Leave the Visine at home. Was it transcendent, the term instructs literature, or was it transcendental? What's the difference for Christ's sake? Mike, what if I said I've been moving toward more than just a month off? Abandon all hope. This is what I was, <laughs> which takes us to end note A, QV, sub, QV note 334 sub, which takes us ahead. <laughs> Let me just see if, how long is it and if it makes sense to do. Hal's pemulous inspired trope for putting down the secret daily Bob H, which started as a wry, dark mental joke and now within a week has become the way Hal characterizes abstinence to himself, which any Boston AA would tell him isn't a very promising way to think about it at all in terms of self-pity. Uh, is, that, is that in reference to abandon all abandon hope? Abandon all hope, yes. Hold on, let me, I'm going to move seats because my neck is seizing up in this position. <laughs> oh, God. This is freaking end notes. I'm very I like, that, I like that they use like cockney slang. Bob Hope rhymes with dope. Yes. Yeah. I guess I could start calling it that. Orders for Bob Hope off the internet. Um, okay. Abandon all hope. This is what I was talking. I mean, maybe make a decision forever. What if it was that I was doing it more and more and it was getting less fun, but I was still doing it more and more and the only way to moderate would be to like wave a hanky at it altogether? I applaud. Some low-risk transcendentalism with me and the human hatchet could be just the impotence for this kind of like major re... But it'd be everything. Blue flames, the odd drin. If I do anything, I'd know I'd go back to the bob. I'd drop Madame Psychosis with you guys and all my firmest resolve would melt and I'd have the one-hitter out and be sniveling at you to spring some eternal hope on me. You're so naive, Inc. You're so sharp in one way and such a bald little fat-legged baby in the woods and others. You think you're just going to go, here I go, deciding and reverse total thrust and quit everything? What I said was, what if? Hal, you are my friend, and I've been friends to you in ways you don't even have a clue. So brace yourself for a growth spurt. You want to quit because you're starting to see you need it, and that's exactly it. Peems, think of how horrible that'd be if someone needed it, not just uh, liked it a great, great, great deal. Needing it becomes a whole separate order of it just seems horrific. It seems like the difference between really loving something and being, say the word, ink, silence from hell. Because you know why? What if it's true, the word? What if you are? So the answer is just walk away. If you're addicted, you need it, Hallie. And if you need it, what do you imagine happens if you just hoist the white flag and try to go on without it, without anything? Silence from hell. You lose your mind, ink. You die inside. What happens if you try and go without something the machine needs? Food, moisture, sleep, O2. What happens to the machine? Think about it. You were just now applauding the idea of abandoning all hope. You were just invoking an image of me with breasts, masturbating into laundry with cobwebs between my ass and a chair. <laughs> That's the bob. I didn't hear me say everything. If you need the bob, Inc., you can only quit the bob if you move onward and up to something else. Oh, God. Harder drugs, just like those old film strips about pot opening the door to larger drugs where Jiminy Cricket. Oh, fuck you. It doesn't have to be harder. It just has to be something. I know guys quit heroin, coke. How? They make the strategic move to a case a day of cores or to methadone, whatever. I know hard drinking guys, Inc., that got off the booze by switching to the Bob Hope. 
Me, myself, you've seen, I switch all the time. The trick is the right switch for a man's wiring. I'm saying a real <laughs> cobweb blaster with me and Axford after the fundraiser could help you get some serious perspective. Cut the baby talk and sweeping bullshit decisions there's no way you can do. Start getting a real handle on how you're going to branch out away from this Bob thing, which I applaud the getting away from the Bob for you, Inc. It's not your thing. You were starting to get that look of a guy that'll end up with tits. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you are in a very subtle way lobbying for a DMZ drop by saying you don't believe I could simply quit everything. Since you, Sharp, don't plan to quit, with your left eye wobbling all over the place, you haven't even quit the tenuate. Winners don't ever have to quit, and all Delint's little. <laughs> I didn't hear me say none of that, and I think you probably could quit it all for a while. You're not a pussy. You got balls, I know. I bet you could gut it out. For a while, you're saying. And, but what do you think would happen after a while, though, without something you need? What, you're saying I'd grab my chest and keel over, clutch my head in the middle of a tap and whack and die of an aneurysm like that girl last year at Atwood? No, but you'd die inside, maybe outside too. But what I've seen, if you're the real thing and need it and just cut yourself off it all together, you die inside. You lose your mind. I've seen it happen. Cold turkey, they call it. The bird. White knuckling. <laughs> Guys that had just quit everything because they were in too deep and quit it all and just died. <laughs> I, I like calling cold turkey the bird. The bird. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. This is, uh, I would say, bad advice. I would say this is bad advice. I would not. Uh, uh, this, this is Pemulin just, Pemulin, Pemulus, uh, just wheat, wheedling him because he wants to go on a super fun psychedelic trip. Uh, he, Hal is becoming a pressured peer. Yes. Right. He He's doing the thing that the after school specials warned us about, which is pressuring getting pressured to do drugs and alcohol. And in, even invoking those same uh, after-school specials. As a is a, he's, a, he's a slick customer, I'll say that. A smooth operator. Yeah, he's a, he's a good talker. He reminds me of the music man. <laughs> uh, a Clipperton, you mean? You're saying himself killed himself because he got sober? Because he didn't get sober. There was a thing of wild turkey right there on the counter by the oven he blew his fucking head up with. So don't try to kertwang me with him, Mike. Ink, what I know about your dog could be inscribed with a blunt crayon along the rim of a shot glass. I'm talking guys I know. <laughs> Wolf spiders. Alston guys that quit. Some did a Clipperton, yes. Some ended up in the mental Marriott. Some got through by they joined NA or a cult or some bug-eyed church and went around with ties talking about Jesus or surrendering. But that shit's not going to work for you because you're too sharp to ever buy the God Squad shit. Most nothing big happened that needed it and quit. They got up and went to work and came home and ate and went to sleep and got up day after day, but dead, like machines. You could almost see the keys in their backs. You looked into their maps and something was gone, the walking dead. They loved it so much they needed it and gave it up and now they were waiting to die. Something was all over inside. Their joie de vivre, the fire in the belly. Hal, it's been what now for you? Two and a half days without? Three days? How you feeling in there already, brother? I'm all right. Uh-huh. Ink Puddle, all I know is I'm your friend. I am. You don't want to commune, uh, communate with the madame. You can hold me and Axe's purses for us. <laughs> you, you do what you want and point me toward whatever. Uh, you do what you want and point me toward whoever tells you different. 
I'm just giving you the advice to look a little further past that second of deciding something I know you won't let yourself take back. I mean, it probably is a good uh, idea to have a babysitter for this uh, for this experience. Uh, yeah, I would think if this is acid that had itself done acid, that you would want someone there to keep you from jumping out a window like an after-school special. Yes. Uh some vital part of like my like personhood would die without something to ingest. This is your view. Sometimes you don't listen real well, Hallie. That's all right. Spend some time figuring out this needing. Like what part of you's come to need it, do you think? You're alleging that's the part that'll die. Just whatever part you feel has come to need what you're planning to take away from it. Does, is he writing the word need need with extra e's or is that just how you're pronouncing it? It's a, it's a um it's italicized. Ah, uh, okay. I try I try to respect the italicization. I think I think look, when we first started this project you said that uh he himself said that this was not readable out loud. Yeah. Uh, but I think you do a tremendous job uh, conveying Chris. exactly how it is written. <laughs> okay. I pre- I appreciate that. It's cuz I'm from New England. I know the way they <laughs> I mean, I, I could have given Pemulus more of a Boston accent, but it's a little, I think it's a little too late now, and I don't want to offend yes. anybody. Uh, the part that's dependent or incomplete, you mean. The addict. That's just a word. <laughs> that's the end of that. <laughs> that's the end of that end note. Keep, Great. keep going. Uh, how much left of this, uh, this uh, um, uh, Hal, Hal and Mario scene? I would suggest... It's uh, half a page, and then there's one more, one more little segment that I think we should do. Okay, let's do both. Okay, onward. Back, back to the text. Uh, this is Hal talking to Mario again. Uh, it seems different with me, Boo. I feel a hole. It's going to be a huge hole in a month, a way more than Hal-sized hole. So, what do you think you should do? And the hole is going to get a little bigger every day until I fly apart in different directions. I'll fly apart in midair. I'll fly apart in the lung or at Tucson at 200 degrees in front of all these people who knew himself and think I'm different, whom I've lied to and liked it. It'll all come out anyway, clean pee or no. Rip to himself, but I'm different. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Hal. And it'll kill her. I know it will. It will kill her dead, boo-boo, I'm afraid. Hey, Hal, what are you going to do? Silence from Hal. Hal? Boo-boo, I'm up on my elbow again. Tell me what you think I should do. Me tell you? I'm just two big a prick ears right here, boo, listening, because I do not know what to do. Uh, Hal, if I tell you the truth, will you get mad and tell me be a fucking? <laughs> I trust you. You're smart, boo. Then Hal, tell me what I should do. I think you just did it. What you should do. I think you just did. Silence from Hal. Do you see what I mean? That's the end of that uh, segment. All right, let's do one more little baby one. Yes. Yeah, a little baby segment. 17th November, you're the dependent doll undergarment. My birthday. Woo! <laughs> it's my fucking birthday. We have to figure out how old you would have been on, this, on, on what we consider to be the year of the adult undergarment, which I'm pretty sure people have like covered to be like 2007 or something. Yeah, this, I, all, this all takes place in the first Obama administration. In, yeah, in, in its fake chronology, right? Yeah, it'd be funny if I. Uh, yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to look into it because I, I have forgotten. It did. It did somewhat align, um, mm-hmm. based on the real, you know, B 
before subsidization times that they used. Um, 17th of November, blah, blah, blah. My birthday. Uh, in Don Gately's medical absence, John F. had worked five straight night shifts on dream duty and was in the front office just after 0830, writing up the previous night in the log, trying to think of synonyms for boredom and periodically <laughs> dipping a finger in her scalding coffee to stay awake, plus listening <laughs> to distant toilets flush and showers hiss and residents clunking sleepily around in the kitchen and dining room and everything <laughs> like that. When somebody all of a sudden starts knocking at the house's front door, which meant that the person was like a newcomer or a stranger, since people in the Ennett House recovery community know that the front door is unlocked at 0800 and always completely open to all but the law as of 0801. The residents these days all know not to answer any knocks at the door themselves. <laughs> so Johnette Elf at first thought it might be some more of those kinds of police, uh, which takes us to Endnote 322. Johnette F., whose very first stepmother had been a Chelsea, Massachusetts police officer, was conditioned in early childhood to refer to police as police or the law, since most BPD personnel find the street term the finest sardonic. <laughs> Back to the text. Uh, those kind of police that wore suits and ties uh, come to depose more residents as witnesses on the Lens and Gately and Canadian fuck-up and everything like that. And Johnette got out the clipboard with the names of all the residents with unresolved legal issues who needed to be put upstairs out of sight before any police were let on the premises. A couple of the residents on the list were in the dining room in full view, eating cereal and smoking. Johnette carried the clipboard as a kind of emblem of authority as she went to the window by the front door to check out the knocking party and everything like that. And but the kid at the door, there was no way he was police or court personnel. And Johnette opened the unlocked door and let him in not bothering to explain that nobody had to knock. It was an upscale kid about Johnette's own age or slightly less, coughing against the foyer's... Do you say foy foyer or foyer? I say foyer, but I just... I'm, I mostly started saying it like that as a joke, and then it just became how I said it. Well, that's how I say... Va I say vase now instead of vase, and I say on dive instead of end dive. So I could get into saying foyer. Coughing... <laughs> coughing against the foyer's pal of AM smoke, saying he wanted to speak in comparative private to someone in whatever passed here for authority, he said. This kid, he had the sort of cool aluminum sheen of an upscale kid, a kid with either a weird tan or a weird windburn on top of a tan, and just the whitest Nike high tops Johnette had ever seen, and ironed jeans, as in with like a <laughs> crease down the front, and a weird woolly... Uh, woolly white jacket with A-T-E in red up one sleeve and in gray up the other and slicked back dark hair that was wet as in showered and not oil and had half frozen the hair in the early outside cold and was standing up straight and frozen in front making his dark face look small. His ears looked inflamed from the cold. Johnette appraised him coolly digging at her ear with a pinky. She watched the boy's face as David Crone came scuttling over like a crab and blinked at the boy upside down a few times and scuttled around and up the stairs, his forehead clunking against each stair. It was what? Yeah, I don't I don't quite know what the deal with David Crone is, other than he he does he's like on the ground. he like he crawls around on the ground. He crab walks? Yeah. I think that's like his way of doing things. <laughs> but I'm not familiar with David Crone. I don't think I've heard his even name. It was pretty obvious the boy wasn't any residence like homie or a boyfriend come to give anybody a ride to work or something like that. 
The way the boy looked and stood and talked and everything like that radiated high maintenance, upkeep, and privilege, and schools where nobody carried weapons. Pretty much a whole planet of privilege away from the planet of Johnette Marie Foltz of South Chelsea, and then the right honorable Edmund F. Heaney facility for demonstrably incorrigible girls down in Brockton. <laughs> and in Pat's office, with the door only half shut, Johnette gave her face the blandly hostile expression she wore around upscale boys with no tats and all their teeth that outside of N.A. wouldn't have interest in her or might view her lack of front teeth and nose pin as evidence of they were like better than her and like that somehow. <laughs> it emerged this kid didn't seem like he had enough emotional juice to be interested in judging anybody or even noticing them, however. His talking had a verbally over-salivated quality Johnette knew all too wicked well the quality of somebody who just lately put down the pipe and or bong. The kid's hair was starting to melt in the heat of Pat's office and drip and settle on his head like a slashed tire, causing that his face got bigger. He looked a little like what the fourth Mrs. Fultz had called green around the gills. The boy stood there very straight with his hands behind his back and a uh, largely speculative way in considering maybe even dropping in on some sort of substance anonymous meeting and everything like that. Basically, is just something to do the exact same roundabout denial shit as persons without teeth and said, but he didn't know where any were any meetings or when and but knew the Ennett house, uh, which takes us to note 323. Sorry, I lost my uh, book. Um, what the hell? I lost my bookmark in the land. People outside the Boston AA community always use the and say the in it house. This is one way to always tell somebody new or from outside the community. Uh, back to the text. And but knew the in it house was nearby that dealt directly with anonymous organizations of this sort and was wondering whether he could maybe <laughs> have or borrow and Xerox and promptly return by uh, either E or fax or first class mail, whichever they might prefer some sort of relevant meeting schedule. He apologized for intruding and said, but he didn't know whom else to call. The sort of guy like Ewell and Day and Snotty look right through you if you weren't fucking, uh, if you weren't a fucking cover girl, Ken E, that knew how to long divide and say <laughs> whom, but didn't even know how to look up shit in the yellow pages. <laughs> I, I love the perfect nailing of this like Boston area delinquent girl's internal monologue. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's never even going to fucking look at me without two front, front fucking teeth. And yeah, shit sure, like he that. can fucking long divide, but can he use a fucking, fucking mm. yellow pages? He's looking up in the fucking yellow pages, bro. Uh, much later in subsequent events' light, Johnette F. would clearly recall the sight of the boy's frozen hair slowly settling and how the boy had said whom and the sight of clear, upscale, odor-free saliva almost running out over his lower lip as he fought to pronounce the word without swallowing uh that's that's it great so that's how right that's how yes uh, also i'm sorry for uh, teaser for next week uh get get gird your loins there is literally just an endnote tag in the middle of an empty paragraph it just says endnote 324 it's not on anything it's like page it's floating break. it's a, it is an endnote page break <laughs> endnote Oh, he thinks he's so clever. Uh, I'm just there's a there's about to be a good segment with I think more information about uh and, about uh, himself and the entertainment and like it's good and I uh, we just can't <laughs> we can never get there. We can't get there. 
Hey, well, you know, it's funny because they talk about asymptotic, you know, uh, limits in this segment where it's like you edge closer and closer and closer to, to the point, but you never quite make it. Jesus Christ. So, that's probably <laughs> relevant as well. He probably did yeah. that on purpose. I think that that is the feeling uh, that that he wants to get you with, yeah. to with this book. It's it's a, it's a real it's a novel of edging. It is, it is, it is. God. Well, uh, what do we think? Hal's addicted to marijuana, and he doesn't uh, know well, who the, to talk to. Well, the first step is admitting you have a problem. Which it seems like he, although he hasn't said he ha- he himself has not said, I am addicted to marijuana. Uh, it, I I do like that whole little segment there inside that lady's brain and her like and and the way that she describes him over, overly verbosely being like perhaps maybe if i was to be somewhat interested somewhere you know all that stuff yeah yeah about trying to find a meeting yeah uh or oh, how yeah and bad pemulus being a bad friend he just wants a he just wants a fun drug time he doesn't he, he doesn't want his friend to to bitch out uh he doesn't want his friend to do a growth he yeah. wants him to do a no growth. Yeah. Maybe even an anti growth. A shrink. <laughs> uh, Pamela is saying that the, the thing to do is to like keep switching around your substance. <laughs> I, I understand the lo- I understand the logic of it. Um, but I uh, physiologically that, that can't work great, I think, at the end of the day, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess not. I mean, maybe if you maybe if you, you keep one step ahead of your own addictions forever. Uh, you, but eventually you'd have to just cycle back around and be like, I'm, you know, I'm now I'm back into weed. Yeah. It's like playing whack-a-mole with your brain. Yes. And you know what? I mean, there is a certain twisted logic to it. Sometimes you do need to confuse yourself, get out of your, your experience hole, do something new. Get yes. Some new perspectives. Yes. But I don't confusing, think that, that is confusing yourself. I think is actually, I'm just thinking how I've been like taking yoga classes and I'm like having someone tell you what to do in a way that's like you might that you need to like follow some basic instructions for like how to like do things the way someone wants you to do them in a non-work context is very helpful for your brain. It's like it's it's like playing Twister right hand blue. Yeah, that's true. You're um, you don't really get get many social situations where you're just like passively but intently following somebody else's instructions. You know what I was say, talking about the other day? Mm. I would love to go to a Amish barn raising. Uh, and I would like an old man with a big beard named Jedediah to just tell me to do something. And how, I, I would do it. This is you how know. I feel about um, like a master and commander style um, boat experience where I'm like, I can't, um, what, what's the, I can't use a sextant. Um, I you, can't. You wouldn't know how to hoist the mizzen mast. I wouldn't know how to hoist the mizzen mast, but I can. If someone says Molly, go swab the decks. I I will. Like I will you follow. I I captain. I I excuse excuse me. I've already fucked it up. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not seaworthy. But I like. I would be the lowest level of. Uh, I guess that's like typical white white collar. Uh, like privileged brain disease is being like all I want is to be the lowest ranking soldier. Just have someone tell me to do things. I was merely ensign. following orders. Yeah. Is that the <laughs> lowest level of boat boy? I think so. I don't know. It just seems like something that you would that you would hear on a boat, an ensign. A cur- curse to, you know, wants to swab the decks, curse to uh, be in jag for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you're you're right that it is a predictable fantasy of a life 
made a, a life spent in a fairly comfortable, you know, you, you just got to wake up every day and decide what to do with yourself. It yeah. sucks. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not making fun of you for wanting to, to do the barn raising. Is that sounds good. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't think you were. I, just, I, I, I'm also making fun of me for wanting to do that. Of course, of course, the fantasy of like getting to vacation and raising a barn when you don't have to raise the barn. Uh, I was suggesting Colonial Williamsburg could be a fun um, place to go experience Christmas time. Do you think they kill it out there? I guess, but wouldn't the actual like Colonial Christmas be like a fairly like austere, like Puritan Christmas yeah, where it's like nice? they put like one white candle in the in the window and they're like, I yeah. verily. Isn't that isn't that cool? Christ. Well, and then it everyone was sa- it was sales, I would assume, and then you get a tangerine like in a your stocking. <laughs> You do, you wake up to a fresh tangerine in your shoe. <laughs> one, one solitary clementine. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh, I haven't been naughty this year. Truly, it is the greatest day of the year. <laughs> Should we do that for Christmas? Just get each other single a single citrus. Maybe a sumo orange, please. Then that's like the designer kind. How about a kumquat? I don't think I've ever actively eaten a kumquat. Oh, uh, you. I think I got a I got a cocktail that a kumquat was like in, and I literally was not able to identify it. Uh, Are you sure it wasn't a lychee? No, I I know what a lychee is because it looks like a maggot. Yeah, and it, it the like texture is weird. Yeah, uh, like Clo- Colonial Williamsburg is open on Christmas Day, the historic era. Era, there's charming decorations, enduring traditions, and a season that still warms the heart. Do you want to go? Oh, God. And the first photo of it is people wearing civilian clothes. They all look like they've gone shopping at Macy's. I would want a cloak. You I guess that's not... Period appropriate garb, like going to the Renaissance Fair and wearing a dirndl. Wow, they do fireworks. Do I'm they worried have fireworks that if, in colonial time? I mean, in the, like, kind of gunpowder way. Um, <laughs> they just... They say... They call it fireworks, but they just roll a barrel of gunpowder into the middle of a field and set yeah, it off. Yeah, they just shoot... Yeah, they just shoot hey, baskets into, I'd, into I'd the pay sky. Five, yeah, I'd pay $5 to watch that. I would worry that I would visit Colonial Williamsburg and feel upset with the lack of traditions. Like, they wouldn't go hard enough for my taste. Like, Renaissance Fair, I love, because, like, you really buy into it. Yes. For the day. Well... I don't know how authentic the Renaissance Fair is, but it is. Well, uh, they, they certainly all give a whole gestalt. You know, they, they when you pay for a tchotchke with a credit card, they say, you know, we take master of the card or lady visa. <laughs> like it's stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, we yes. need every detail to to align with the vision. And I'm worried uh, Colonial Williamsburg would be crass and commercial, but there's only <laughs> one way to find out. We have to go. Well, somebody message us and tell us uh, if Colonial Williamsburg is sold out. Or if they uh, maintain their vision of, auth- of of authenticity, I guess lucky for us, it'd probably be never e- easier to find a vlog, a Colonial Williamsburg travel vlog on YouTube. That's true. That probably exists. Yeah. Van life update: Colonial Williamsburg. I don't think I'm addicted to weed, uh, but I certainly like it quite a bit. I don't think well, I, I mean, need it, though. I, I mean, people's. Real weed users have such a heroic weed intake compared to anything that we do. You think I'm like, still a baby? Am I still a baby stoner in comparison to like a real, a real marijuana user? Yeah, people are doing like high, 
high potency, like those dabs and shit. Have you seen oh, those, yeah. like, those like insane rigs? Did you see that yeah, video that of that was... guy smoking a dab in the in the hurricane? No, I did not. <laughs> no, that shit like... would probably send send me uh, to mm-hmm. to the um the Stranger Things upside down. The upside down, yeah. Uh, but people who are like real serious weed users are like twenty four seven heavy like blunt smokers yeah yeah i guess that, you know i guess that's not my lifestyle i mean if you felt dependent on you know a 2.5 milligram edible at all times every day <laughs> would would that not also be an addiction even if it's not <laughs> doing that much i guess i don't know i'm i'm like i i feel like i've said on this show that i'm i'm addicted to coffee i can't like i hey that's a drug yeah, you can't you can't talk to you until you've had your coffee. Pretty much. I've had I was at I was at my parents' house this weekend and they just do the weakest folders. Like it's so it's this it's so tough. And then mm-hmm. we run out of that and then I make my own pot and I'm just like scooping horrible amounts of folders. It's it's not so good. They do they do like uh you know, they put the filter in and put like three of the little scoops of coffee in and you're when you do it it's like it's 10. Like eight, yeah. <laughs> the the best it's not the best part of waking up it's the best part of waking up when you make it yeah i'm more of a bustello woman i wish they would get into the bustello lifestyle but i don't think they ever will <laughs> it's it's pretty hard to change up older person's coffee habits they're yeah they're ingrained. yeah they're done they're they're they they, they won't change that's fine <laughs> all right well the we we got we got one out we had to do this uh, remote recording once. I will be back in New York very soon, and then we'll be back into in-person recordings. And God, what so what page did we end on here? We're we're almost eight hundred, almost we're, within. Yeah, we're get, we're getting so close. Seven eighty six. Once I we hit eight hundred, we'll be we'll be uh, less than two hundred. Less than two hundred pages. Less than two hundred pages 200. to yeah. the end. We're about yeah. two hundred pages out, which you know means about. 20 weeks something the, like that the way we're finishing this is also in the same uh you know calculus style you know slowly uh approaching the end yeah but that's fine well this it was as always a pandemic project where it's like what the fuck else are we gonna do and now that there's other stuff to do yeah you know life gets in the way but yeah pod must flow the pod uh, must flow others the, the, others won't the, complete their their pod their pod projects we will the jest must be infinite Uh, And so uh, we'll be back to you next week. Bye. Bye.